around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everybody. God bless you, and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries Podcast. We are excited and thrilled to be with you, and we're grateful that we have the opportunity to talk to you and share with you what's on our heart for this week and give you, as I've always felt, like a shot in the arm. (laughs) And that's what exhortation and ministry and comfort and all the good things that God has for His people will do. Just remember, tell your friends and family uh, about finding us at terrymiseministries.org and terrymise.com. All of Terry's preaching schedule is there. All of his products and and wonderful CDs, uh, great new stuff coming out. We're just really looking forward to being able to share some stuff with you. And then uh, just opportunity for you to visit with us, give us your testimonies, and talk to us about what you know that God is wanting to do in your life. And we're thrilled to pray for you. Anyway, we're right here uh, in uh, Virginia. We're traveling through the great state of Virginia this week. And... uh, we're on our way to Brother Copeland's meeting and opportunities that Terry has for ministry. So we're uh, going to be, maybe you want to tell them that you're, you're going to be on the Internet program, too. Yeah, well, tomorrow night, Brother Copeland's uh, Washington, D.C. victory campaign starts right, in Woodbridge, right. Virginia. Right. And uh, Thursday night it starts, and then it goes all day Friday, and then all day Saturday. Right. And that's one of the meetings we try to make every year. And yeah. Jackie and I used to try to make that one, and then I've made it by myself, you know. And uh, then you and I have made it the last, uh, what, four years, I four guess, years since we've been married. And I really enjoy that meeting simply because it's just it's just three days instead of a whole week. And right. Kenneth and Gloria are the only speakers. So right. you just get to hear them, you know, full full bore <laughs> and uh, all the time. So I really, I really enjoy that meeting. And so we're on our way up to that. And uh, uh, tomorrow night, uh, just before the meeting starts, I'm assuming it starts at 7 Eastern time, and just before it starts, they've asked me to be on the uh, Internet program with Tim Fox on BVOVN and uh, be interviewed. And so we'll uh, we'll do that tomorrow night. We'll be uh, uh, there in Woodbridge with all the Copeland bunch and and all that good convention. And, And just before the meeting starts, uh, we'll be on and, and be interviewed by Tim Fox. So that'd be a lot of fun. We've done that numbers of times before. And it's always good and always exciting, so that's fun. And, you know, uh, when we talked with people last week on the podcast, uh, it was we were in uh, uh, Ohio doing the missions conference. Right. And it was the last day of the missions conference. It was Wednesday. <laughs> that conference went that's Sunday, right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Right, right, right. And I was to speak uh, again Wednesday night. I was to close out the meeting, as, right. as I have every year for a long time. And uh, I didn't even get to preach, Renee. We started, the church started at 7. Yeah. And uh, then we started giving money away to missionaries um, at uh, at uh, 8. Yeah. And that offering lasted for two hours. So oh, we, it was we, just, we gave money away to missionaries until 10 o'clock. It was just so we were So I never even got to preach. And we, and we ended up giving over $120,000 to right. precious heroes home from the field, precious missionaries, soldiers, warriors. And $120,000 to them for various and sundry projects, uh, vehicles, uh, airplanes, uh, boats, uh, a house for one little missionary girl, bless her heart, (laughs) and uh, and then money to furnish it. So so we started giving money away, and the people got hilarious in their giving. It lasted for two hours. Of course, you and I got involved in all that, and we gave away money. 
And uh, we were just so excited, and we're always excited about that conference and that convention. And and uh, if you want to see that or see what hilarious giving looks like, now people get excited <laughs> about giving. Uh, I'm sure it's archived there at uh, there at the church, Covenant of Peace International, right, right. there in Eaton, Ohio. Pastor Ken Harbaum is the pastor. And, and if you if you need a URL for that, I don't have it, but if you need a URL for that, uh, you can call my office and get it from uh, Hannah or Michael. But uh, anyway, so we're headed uh, uh, in route to uh, Washington D.C. to Wood- Woodbridge, Virginia. Right. And uh, we swung through uh, Williamsburg uh, today, and we have spent the day. You and I have spent the day in Colonial Williamsburg or Old Williamsburg. <laughs> and I've been wanting you to see that. You've never been there. No. And it's been many, many years since I've been there. Jackie right. and I took right. our kids when they were uh, pretty young. I mean, they were in school, and we thought it'd be a great history lesson, and it was. Uh, and, of course, they're old folks now, so it's been a long time. <laughs> and so we enjoyed uh, beautiful weather today. I think it was in the 70s today and right. blue skies and sunshine. And that for the middle of November in Virginia, that's pretty good. Well, it was. And it was just, you know, it's, it's so humbling to realize what God did to help start our country. And especially after this midterm, midterm election and a lot of no, things going on. A lot of things going on in America. But I, uh, I was... Um, thrilled today to see all of the wonderful beauty and the architecture and that church that was built there. In 1715, they finished it, and um, five American presidents attended that church and had their pew in five there. Five of the first ten presidents worshipped there. And uh, George Washington had his own pew, and <laughs> Monroe, and I mean, just different people all had their Jefferson, it was just a, Jefferson not only went there as a president, he went there as a young college student when he went to William and Mary William College. William and Mary, and uh, <laughs> it, it's just phenomenal what God did to to begin this great nation. Patrick Henry went to church there. Oh my my, and and it's beautiful. It, they renovated it and are continuing to renovate it, and a lot of funerals and weddings and and recitals, and they're putting in a brand new pipe organ that has. Uh, how many pipes? I think she said 5,600. <laughs> 5, that, that was over my head. I didn't understand that. Oh, my, my. And pardon my voice today, but I, uh, you know, I'm just so grateful for what I see God doing. Um, and yet I, I feel like, Terry, we've got to, you know, continue to wake up the church because if I heard... Well, I guess we need to wake the church up. I think she slept through the election last night. I, uh, If I heard, if I read what I read, and it's right, and I've heard it, on CBS, oh, I've read it and I've heard it too. Said that uh, that less than thirty percent of evangelicals voted. Twenty eight percent. In this election. I'm ashamed of the church. And, I'm embarrassed. I'm mad. Anybody, I'm irritated. I'm frustrated. Yeah. I want to just slap church people. So y'all, give me a, give me space. If that's true, then then what happens over the next several years? is laid at the church's feet. Well, of course it is. And I'm just so concerned, as you mentioned earlier this morning, the discouragement that might Mr. Trump, after trying to help evangelicals, might feel, and then the fact that in, that we didn't do our job <clears throat> and that we were not at the polls and we didn't vote. And it... Uh, you know, I told you this morning, I said, as much as Mr. Trump has helped the church and helped evangelicals, and told the government to leave us alone, and right. told, told the government to leave preachers alone and let them stand in the pulpit and talk about voting, and uh, made that major change in the Johnson Amendment and all those years that forbid preachers to talk about politics. 
and now the church has turned her back and betrayed him. I hope he didn't turn his back now and say, well, I'm done with the church because they, they, they didn't help me whenever I needed help. I think this is a real call to arms. And What's wrong with the church? What's wrong <laughs> with the pastors? I don't. How could 70%, 72% of the church sleep yesterday? You know, I talk all the time about the church sleeping. When she's supposed to be awake, she's supposed to right, be on, on right. watch, she's supposed to be the watchman on the wall, she's supposed to be vigilant, she's supposed to be in authority, in dominion, and she sleeps. I just think the preoccupation of the foolishness of our own lives and then the, you know, and, and I'm saying this generally, I know there are crises. I, I know, I, I, just let me tell you a little bit here what's going on in my life. Uh, two weeks ago, my brother, who has been disabled, had a massive heart attack the day before he was to have uh, another portion of his leg amputated. Two days later, my sister had a massive stroke. In that same week, five days later, my mother fell and broke her hip, and she is 90 years old and has been the caregiver for the two of them. And yet, Terry and I have continued to take care of the needs in that dynamic, and then continue to travel and preach and minister the gospel uh, and then be able to go and take care of them eventually to look after what needs to be done. And I know everybody's personal life can rear its ugly head up and you don't think you've got time to be faithful either to church or go vote or pray or do the things you need to do. And you've got to. And, of I course, mean, we're preaching to the choir because most right, people listen to us, us. Are, are staunch patriotic Americans and they – they voted, and many of them have told us so and posted it on Facebook and right, everything else. Right, right. And I appreciate the ones that voted, but I'm just, I'm just astounded, Renee. I'm astounded. I'm just amazed that the that that if it's true, only 28% of the church voted. That's just amazing. Well, that's shocking. You know, I've said for years, if the church would get its act together and the church would bind together and vote together, we could control the White House, the Senate and the House, the courthouse, the schoolhouse, and our house. And we could control everything. Christians would never, ever let another fox in the hen house. Well, and I just look at it, too, from your perspective of all the years you've spent preaching spiritual authority, taking dominion, that we are in charge. And then I feel, I, I hope we're wrong, but I've seen it on several places and several oh, I've seen it too. things today that... And I don't don't know exactly how they get all those figures, but I hope and pray uh, that it's wrong, that there were more of us. But 82% of us voted in 2016, and I don't know where the rest of us were yesterday. And and I still still am shocked at how offended uh, Christianity is at what they call President Trump's tone, or they're offended. They're offended. <laughs> they're offended, at, you know, at, at everything. That if, if their pastor stands up and says something that that in some way offends their little virgin ears, and I just think, what's the matter with the church that we can't endure sound doctrine, that we can't understand? Also, how to be a vital, good soldier and endure hardship. Endure hardness, <laughs> yeah, like a good soldier, and that they don't realize the. The hordes of hell that have been launched against the church and the preaching of the gospel. So now they get Nancy Pelosi's tone. Yeah, and they now they, they like get Trump. people that absolutely hate the church, despise evangelicals, mock Christianity, murder mock, babies, won't murder take babies. our guns away, won't stand by Israel. Won't stand by Israel. 
that mock conservatives and, and, and talk act take like away we, the tax cuts. You know, take away the tax cuts. <laughs> and I just think, where is the church in all of this? Open borders. Did the, you know, get rid of ICE. We could have. We could rule this nation with the goodness of God and the great and grace, greatness and grace of God, and be able to take care of everybody from the poor. To, from the from the low to the high, influence everybody with the goodness of God no, and what the church does. And yet, it it looks like the church was sleeping yesterday. And, and you know, I see a lot of these Facebook. Important. I see a lot of these Facebook posts where people now are posting today. Let's all be nice and and I love everybody, no matter how they voted and. And, and it's okay. It's Let's don't garbage. argue about politics. That's just all nonsense. Oh, and then we're talking all, about the salvation of our nation. And then the ever popular. We're talking about not murdering babies. And then the ever popular <laughs> God is in control, quote unquote. And That's I, all just nonsense. <laughs> no, the, Jesus left the church in charge. That's who's in control. And and God will not step over what we're well, doing as I've said, or not doing. Since I was a teenager and heard people preach that stupid doctrine that God's in control, Jesus. I, I, I said when I was a teenager, I still say it today, if God's in control, he's sure doing a lousy job of yeah, it. Yeah, no joke, no joke. I wouldn't blame this mess on God. No, and it's it's just overly fragile, mentally, emotionally fragile Christians. And it's mentally, you know, just everything about the church that just makes us be so fragile. Instead of, like you said, you quoted that out of Second Timothy 4, I believe, where Paul says, As for you, as minister of the gospel, you're to show people in what way. That's right under, you know, preach the word in season yeah, now. Yeah. And then show people, the Amplified says it so clearly, show people in what way their lives are wrong. Whether it's welcomed or unwelcomed, wanted or unwelcomed, and you, as an evangelist of, of the gospel, are to endure hardness as a good soldier. Do and fully perform, he said, all the duties of your ministry. In other words, whether people like you or they don't like you, whether they clap and cheer or whether they boo or whether they give in the offering or they walk out the door with their money, we're to tell the truth and we're to stand in a place of fierce declaration of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and get people to stand up and take charge in America and take back what belongs to us. Why do we sing songs, well, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me, if we're not going to do it? Well, being here at Williamsburg today oh and thinking about goodness, those it patriots. Me up, all these patriot things that we see. You know, see. they absolutely were, you know, we look at them today, we look at George Washington, Patrick Henry, we look at... Uh, Thomas Jefferson, we look at Benjamin Franklin, we look at all these guys back in the Revolution, back in those days, back in the 1770s. And, and uh, uh, we think they're patriots. We say, oh, man, right, they're right, patriots. Right. They're the father of our country. Exactly. But, you know, in truth, they were traitors to, England. to the crown. To the crown. They were so. British subjects, British citizens. And for them to stand up for religious freedom, right. for them to stand up and say, I am going to, to break away from England, and start our own nation where we can have religious freedom, where we wow. can serve God the way we want to. What heroes. They, they literally were traitors to the crown. The, right. tra the crown, England, That's King right. George, considered them traitors and would have had them executed. But they stood up and fought a bloody revolution and won. Right. And then when they, when they got in that meeting and, and talked about signing the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and all that, they said, we pledge our lives. Yes. Our fortunes Isn't that and our sacred honor. 
You know, I'm not sure the church knows anything about sacred honor today. I don't either. They said, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And those 58 men that signed that piece of paper, and Patrick Henry, Henry I'm convinced, would have signed had he been there that day, but he wasn't. He was out of town. Right. But uh, th those men, many of them gave their lives, and many of them ended the war as paupers because they spent all their, all money, their money and and, uh, and and many lost their lives, many lost their sons, lost their property, lost everything they had because they were willing to stand up and say, I mean, it wasn't just a vote for them. They, they, oh, right. they took a bullet. They, they stood up and said, we, we risk our lives. We pledge our lives, our honor, and our, sacred, our, our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred, sacred honor. honor. And Christians today don't even want to risk a vote because they think they might offend their neighbor or somebody at the office if they say they're a conservative or they're a Christian. I tell you, we, we've sunk a long way. Christmas tree instead of holiday tree. I mean, just the unbelievable. I, I, it's just beyond me, Terry, to think about how far down the rabbit hole we've gone and thinking so low and, and that we're so fragile and that if we just, you know, we're, we're tired or something, we don't even go to church or we don't do this. And because of the conveniences of the 21st century, we want to cocoon ourselves from every level of any kind of being uncomfortable. Any anything that that infringes upon our comfort zone, then we are just uh, you know can't handle it. And here we are in a country where people don't evidently realize that we're fighting for our very life and for the future and the preaching of the gospel and our children's freedom. And then people act so. Fearless, fearful about everything, and lazy, and offendable, and just cowardly, and that's that's a shame. That's <clears throat> you a know, we walked into shame. a shop today in Williamsburg, and it's an open working shop where they made the wigs uh, oh, yeah. for the for the gentry. For the gentry, and and the yeah. judges. You know, every time you see an English movie, you see the big white haired wig, and right. they made oh, the, they, they made the judges wigs, and they made the lawyers wigs, or the barristers right. wigs, right. and they made the gentry's wigs. And uh, and the lady said uh, the lady said to you she said would you like to have one of these gentry wigs she said of course you can't you can't make that decision your husband will make that decision for you and he'll tell you whether you can wear it or not and, and, and you what know style and what style and he has to pick out the and style he has to and pick the it color. out and the color and tell you whether you can have one or not because you're a woman you can't make that kind of decision oh Jesus and yet when I heard about Christian women not going to the polls to vote I thought you know we yeah. we, we paid a lot of blood. For women to be able to vote, for blacks to be able to vote, for people of all races to be able to vote, just, and then for the church, the evangelicals to stay home is just uh, it's heartbreaking. Is, is beyond my understanding. Well, it really is, and I, you know, if we have pastors and leaders in Christianity that are that, like Jeremiah said, Terry, that God said, I'm going to give you pastors after my own after heart. My own heart. And he said, and your pastors are going to lead you and guide you. And he told them that when they were in exile. And he was going to bring them out of exile and bless them and establish them. And Nehemiah went first in there and started rebuilding the wall. And it says they had to even build the wall with a sword in one hand because of the marauders sure, and raiders sure. and a shovel in the other. Sword in and one the, hand and a shovel in the and other. And the sacrifice, that, and just knowing the history of Israel just since 1948, the sacrifice that that Israel has made just to have their own country and take back what God gave them 
and that their lives are under threat of death all the time. And then the, the American church acts like we're, we're just such childish, sometimes just unbelievably weak-minded, fragile mentally and emotionally, and just lazy and, and preoccupied that we can't hear the voice of God, we can't obey God, and we can't fight with a shovel in one hand and a sword in the other to save our own country. Mama. It's a sad day, and yet I know that God always has a way out. Yeah, I mean, you know, all is not lost. We picked up we picked up a couple of Senate seats, which we thought we would, but it's just a shame. Had the church voted, we'd have maintained the House and maintained the Senate and uh, not have to go through. Well, we're going to have to go through the next couple of years with the Democrats in power in the House and uh, most likely with Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House and, and Maxine Waters, Aunt Maxine. Who what hates what Christians. Who hates and Christians. What she hates conservatives. She she, she's the one who says, if you see a conservative at dinner, run them off. Gather a crowd. Get in their face. Don't let them go into a grocery store. Don't let them go into a gas station. Don't let them go into a, into a restaurant. And that's talking about you Christians that didn't vote. Maxine Waters doesn't want you in the grocery store, the gas station, the restaurant. She hates you. But you put her in power today. And they will, you know, they they just had all these, this artist in uh, New York City that has gone around and put a picture of a Christian with a Bible under their arm and a cross across there, and then put in there that they are, um, you know, a line through it that they don't allow Christians. Yeah, they don't allow Christians inside their business. Yeah, and they, along with people that are wearing. Uh, and yet, all it would take is a vote. It would have just taken a vote. A, a, a vote and, from from a man, woman of God. Right, right. It would stand up for what's right. Would stand right. up to not murder babies, would stand yeah. up for the Constitution, would stand up for the Bible. For Israel. Stand up for Israel. All of these things. I I, I thought of so many people, uh, friends of ours and family, that said they went and voted yesterday. And, like, you know, they said they went on their lunch hour or they got up at 30 minutes early and, and got to the polls just as they opened, you know. Yeah, sure. And then my, uh, my daughter and son-in-law, right after work, grabbed up their two babies and went and stood in line to vote yesterday. I mean, so many people have done it and, and done whatever they had to do to get there to vote and came out with their little, you know. Their I voted. Vote. I voted. <laughs> and, and they were giving the suckers away to, the, to everybody that voted for the first time. And it was so cute in different places. And, and I'm just, I, you know, what a, what a marvelous thing we have in the United States of America to have the freedom to vote when other countries do not allow that. Oh, no. And certainly well, you, oh, don't and, allow and in, in Muslim countries women to vote. You know what I always think about? Um, <clears throat> you, know, you know, when I think of King Saul all these years, I think of King Saul, I've always thought the man he could have been. When I think of Gehazi, which was Elisha's servant, who I think the man he could have been. When I think of Samson, I think the man he could have been. No, that's right. And you know, when I look at the state of America after the day after this election, I look at the church. I think, I think the church we could have been. Right. The the the, the church we could have been. You know, I'm so proud of the church after the 2016 election because because I mean the church came out. The church oh, came right. out and voted. I was so proud. And, and every time we do that, I thought that back when we put Ronald Reagan in the White House, I thought, you know what? The church has got this figured out. We'll never put another moron in the White House. We'll never, we'll never let another ungodly person in the White House again. Boy, was I ever wrong about that? Because immediately the church went to sleep. 
Yeah. And that's what she's done again. She turned out in 2016, put Trump in the White House, and now yesterday she slipped. That's Hope to strong. God she'll wake up by 2020 and go out and vote again because the church can control every election from now on out. We are the biggest voting block in the country. That's right. We are the most powerful force in the country, spiritually and physically. And yet, when you sleep, it just doesn't get the job done. The man we could have been, the church we could have been, the votes we could have cast, the prayers we could have prayed, the money we could have given. Uh, You know, I I, I always think the first 30 minutes in heaven, it talks about there's going to be tears. I always think that's going to be when we stand there and shake our head and say, Dear God, the man I could have been, the that's, woman I could have right. been, the that's prayers right. I could have prayed, the money I could have given, the missionaries I could have supported, Obviously, the votes I could have cast. <laughs> Obviously, the church is still very immature emotionally and very immature juvenile when it comes to personalities, and they do not understand the the uh, concept of capitalism, conservatism, <laughs> you know, all of these things, and they're still trying to make it about a personality. If we've got a good personality out there, I don't care who they are, male, female, what their race is, it doesn't matter what color, what what's their background, we're going to go with them because they're going to go with God. They're going to go with protecting the babies. They're going to go with standing with Israel. They're going to go with protecting the church and the gospel of the United We've got favor and then and then we and then they want to make it about well well you know it's like it's like somebody you know that usher looked at me wrong mm-hmm. you know or the my baby or the, got bit in the nursery my baby got it's too cold you know, in here it's too hot or, in here our pastor didn't shake my hand you know, you pastor know? preached too long or, the song know, service was too long I mean just tell me how how classless and immature that is so Terry and I are ranting a little bit today but a you little know, bit <laughs> but. <laughs> You know, our whole concept is is that that we feel like God has has called us to wake up the church, to take spiritual authority, and to stand in the gap. And evidently, we are preaching to the choir here today, but we've got to um, realize that God's trying to do something. You and I were just in in Montreal, and Pastor Sear up there, Pierre Sear, says there is less than one percent evangelical. In can- evangelicals in Canada. Yeah, and it didn't used to be that way. And it didn't used to be that way. I and hate now, to come to the day in America where we say, you know, yeah. there's only 1% evangelicals. And, and here we are. It didn't used to be that way. The church we could have been. Yeah. And here we are coming from Montreal to the missions convention, uh, you know, Brother Copeland's meeting, and we, we uh, you know, just uh, saw God do some great things at our wonderful Friends Church in, Stan- in uh, Verona, Virginia Sunday with the Gartskys, and yet God, you know, God's trying to wake the church up, and it's going to have to be a grassroots uh, waking up. That's right. We better wrap this up. Hey, church, if you voted yesterday, I'm proud of you. If you didn't, not so much, and uh, (laughs) hope we get it together. Jesus. Well, anyway, we love you much, and we'll be talking to you. Believe God with you for the rest of the year. God crowns the year with his bounty, and in all his paths drip of fatness of his presence and overflow and we're believing for that uh we stand in faith with you uh if you need anything call our office we're glad to hear from you god bless you and just always remember that you are more than conquerors in jesus mighty name amen amen bye you've been listening to a mize missions podcast For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com.
you can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.